Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Are we ready? Rolling, bro. Fratelloni's Ace Hardware and Garden Stores brings you Garage Logic podcast number 282, December 10th, 2019. 54 degrees on this day in 1979. And just two years earlier in 1977, it was weather like we're having today. It was 18 below. And now, from the mayor's office above the boathouse on the east shore of Spoon Lake, it's Garage Logic with Rookie on Production, Chris Reavers, Director of Social Media, John Hyde in the newsroom, and occasionally Kenny from the Krabby Coffee Shop. Here is your flashlight king, fireworks commissioner, and keeper of common sense. Your mayor, Joe Sushere. Program alert, Stephen C. Anderson, a great pianist. Uh, this year will be his fifth Christmas piano concert at the cathedral on December 17th. But he plays all over town. You might not think you know Steve Anderson, but you do because you've seen him. And he's coming in studio this Thursday. The day after tomorrow, he's bringing his portable piano and he's going to jam with John Haidt. Nice. And I think it'll be fantastic for the whole That's show. Be well, for however long we can tolerate it. Yeah, the whole show. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, he's a hail fellow, well met, and he's coming in uh, Tuesday. I'm sorry, this Thursday, ostensibly to promote the cathedral show. But he said, "How about if I bring my piano? Because it's my bucket list is to play with Haidt." Wow. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's Boy, a, is that sad? That really is. I yeah. feel sorry for <laughs> him at this point. If you are you're not on my bucket list, John. Yeah, that's well-deserved. We have to settle something from yesterday. Well, again, I'm just going to say, if you want to look into tickets at the cathedral, which yep. he's trying to promote, just register on Eventbrite. There is uh, no admission fee, but a $10 free will donation would be greatly received. Nice. That is on Eventbrite. Christmas All together. right, very good. Will you send that to me, and I'll post it to the GL page, please. We have to clear up the 12 days of Christmas. Oh, God. <laughs> it came up yesterday. Uh, the first note is from Andrew Smith, who says, Hail the flashlight king. Hail you. As a correction to Kenny, the 12 days of Christmas start on December 25th and go until January 5th. They aren't from December 14th to the 25th. As a Catholic, you should have known that. Wait a minute. While these verses are what most of us associate with the 12 days of Christmas, the phrase refers to an actual 12-day period. The 12 days of Christmas, in fact, are the days from December 25, celebrated as the birth of Christ, to the Epiphany, celebrated on January 6th as the day when the manifestation of Christ's glory was realized. Also, uh, somebody at my work left a copy of the White Bear Press in the break room. Its main story was about Will Steger and his called Polar Explorer Witness to Melting Ice. 
My immediate thought was, no bleep. It's called springtime. My second thought was your interview with Will at the fair. Keep pushing back, Andrew Smith in North St. Paul. Did you get the uh, email this morning from Downing? Yes, I'm getting to it. Okay, good. Uh, This is Frank the Woodcutter. Hail the Flashlight King. Hail you. I love the program. So glad you guys successfully made the jump to podcast. Don't do the math. To figure the first day of Christmas, use the magic answer box, your phone. The first day of Christmas is actually Christmas, December 25. However, Kenny asked a question with a false premise. Christmas is the 12th day. When is the first? If you insist on doing the math, consider doing it like this. Day 12 minus day 1 is 11 days. December 25 minus 11 days. 25 minus 11 equals 14. December 14th. Tricky, but straightforward when set up rightly. Merry Christmas to you and your entire crew. Keep pushing back. It would mean a lot to me if you read this on the podcast. Oh, hell, if I had seen that, I wouldn't have read it. (laughs) All I know, Such, is all you have to do is log on to thecoffeegrounds.com and look up the 12 days of Christmas advent calendar where you enjoy a new beer once a day for 12 days. Here's Richard Russo in Stetsonville, Wisconsin. Joe put coins in the bucket. The 12 days of Christmas is a festive Christian season celebrating the nativity of Jesus. In most Western ecclesiastical traditions, Christmas Day is considered the first day of Christmas, and the 12 days are 25 December through 5 January. And finally, Chief Offsite Correspondent Kelsey had to weigh in. Such, in my 100 years of doing this, I have never been more proud. (laughs) (laughs) This this brings so much joy to my heart. Uh, Chief Offsite Correspondent Kelsey notes, Kenny's question about what is the first day of Christmas? Who cares? That's <laughs> no, better. The only day that matters is the eighth day of Christmas, in which eight maids were were eight maids were milking in celebration of it being the twenty first of December. Those babes were all loyal twenty firsters. Nice, right on. But boom, we got it squared up now. Okay, I think so. Uh, Downing weighed in with a whole bunch of math that just further confused <laughs> Let me get that. Let me get that. Uh, uh, all about his wrapping paper. If the twelfth day, uh, if the twelfth day of Christmas is December twenty fifth, then the first day of Christmas is a simple math problem. Twelve, or excuse me, twenty five minus eleven equals fourteen. If the twelfth day of Christmas is December twenty fifth, then it logically follows that the first day of Christmas is December fourteenth. But that is. A logically valid conclusion, but it is not factually correct. No, the first day is Christmas Day. Yeah, and then he goes on to explain that. Well, here is Downing, frequent contributor. The reasoning of the organization that took out a double-truck ad so readers could use the newspaper pages as wrapping paper and save the earth confounds me. Now, if a reader used the sports pages or the classified ads as wrapping paper instead of buying wrapping paper, that might actually reduce the total consumption of paper. But these numbskulls actually created two more pages of newsprint that didn't need to be there, if not for their advertising. And since most readers likely won't use these pages as wrapping paper anyway, the stunt has actually caused more newsprint to be thrown away and more trees to go to to their premature death. Now they'll likely claim that those pages would have been in the paper regardless, just filled with something else, such as stories about travel to exotic locales. 
But by that logic, then Greta should fly wherever she's going because the plane is flying anyway, whether she's on it or not. And if newspapers really cared, if you really believed really? about saving the earth, wouldn't they stop printing paper editions altogether? Don't say that, Downing. We're too close. <laughs> or at least encourage some of us to cancel our subscriptions and share with the neighbors. You share your paper, Joe, with me. Yeah. I'm always the guy who has to get the subscriptions and then share it with other people. Right. And I appreciate it. Uh, you don't appreciate it. Well, sure. Could you do. say you do, but you don't. How come you don't bring in the St. Paul paper? I would really like to, I'd like to read that. Because yeah. I leave one paper at home uh, to, for uh, reference, he and that would be the St. Paul paper. He pretends it's the afternoon version when he gets home. So check this out. Now that we've discovered that the first day of Christmas is actually Christmas Day, right? Oh you mean to tell me? Mm-hmm. Check all, this out. All she got him was the stupid bird in the pear tree. Our I mean, he was he was supposed to get everything yeah, at, on everything. the 12th, on the twelfth day. Yeah. But let me let me further confuse this topic. Yes, the twelve days of Christmas uh, about the gifts has nothing to do with this ecclesiastical. Phenomenon. Well, I was wondering about yeah. that when you read that. That's more consumption and commercialism. Yeah, that's a, that's just a, a song. Hey, that's what Kenny thought. I, I just thought it was a song. John, I brought it up in refer- I brought it up in reference to uh, the coffeegrounds.com in their you know mm-hmm. beer advent calendar. And I just thought I'd ask Joe to do a little math. <laughs> oh. Well, that's right. You weren't here for this I fiasco. was not here for that uh, fiasco. dreadful fiasco. And I'm so dumb. I, I thought the 12 Days of Christmas was just a nice little song. Yeah. <laughs> and that's where it started and ended. Here you go, babe. Here's a bird. Five golden rings, huh? <laughs> you want gifts? Get a gift box of meat at Grunhofer's for the first day of Christmas or the 12th day of Christmas. It doesn't make any difference, and it just keeps betting, uh, getting better. Spencer just added beef brisket, bacon, and blue cheese burgers. Ooh. I wish you would quit doing this to us. I really yeah. do. Wait, what kind? Uh, uh, he just added beef brisket, yep. bacon, and blue cheese burgers. Damn. And this is on top of choice bone-in and boneless prime rib roast, double-smoked hams, choice tenderloin, smoked salmon, Lamb chops and roasts, pickled herring. Now, here, you call this number, you're going to get to the city desk at Grunhofer's Old Fashioned Meats at the north end of Hugo on Highway 61. 651 426 2800. 651 426 2800. They'll put together any kind of gift box of the greatest meat in the world for you. What a great Christmas idea that yeah. is. To show up where you're Mix going and, match. and you got the big box of meat. I didn't bring a bottle of wine. Your housewarming present is meat. Uh, meat. Meat from the best <laughs> meat place in town. And uh, don't forget the 130 flavors of pork brats. Lean pork brats that must be grilled not boiled, but man, he's adding some really great stuff for those gift boxes you can put together yourself. And the newest addition, beef brisket, bacon, blue cheese burgers. Call the uh, call the city desk at Grunhofer's, 651-426-2800. You'll learn more here by accident. Than elsewhere by design. Here's Joe Souchere. On the first day of Christmas, oh! my true love gave to me beer. And lots of it. Log on to thecoffeegrounds.com and let the records I show. I have nothing to say. <laughs> Such put his head on the table. Uh, thecoffeegrounds.com, that's where you go, and you'll look up the 12 Days of Christmas Advent Beer Calendar, where you will enjoy seasonal limited releases, even some cellar beers. And here's the deal. 
and and I don't care where the 12 days of Christmas are. Enjoy it when and where you want. I mean, here here here's a dare for you. I dare you to make it last all year. One beer a month, Christmas year around. Look it up, order it, and then make plans to wheel on over to Eau Claire. And when you go, bring your appetite because you can enjoy, because you like how I say that? Because. Because uh, you can enjoy the full on experience coffee, beer, liquor, biscuits and gravy, breakfast, lunch, supper, and most importantly, the beans. Eric and Julie have searched the world over. And they found true love with the best beans available, including, and we're very proud of this, our very own signature GL blends. You can get that uh, beer advent calendar at thecoffeegrounds.com. Load up the Country Squire wagon. Get over to Eau Claire. Say hi to Eric and Julie for us. They're just a few blocks north of 94 on Southdown Drive, thecoffeegrounds.com. In Las Vegas, uh, pigeons have been spotted. Wearing tiny cowboy hats. I saw what? this. <clears throat> what now? I'm in terribly intrigued. Well, they just uh, had their big rodeo. Animal rescuers are searching for the culprit responsible for dressing up the pigeons. Culprit? Yeah, the animals first appeared in a video taken last week in which they're walking around normally but with little tiny cowboy hats on their heads. <laughs> and no one seems to know who's dressing up the pigeons or where the hats are coming from. <laughs> Another bird, dressed to the nines in a little tiny hat, was filmed in a second video posted online Monday. Do you have videos? That's wonderful. Yeah, it was all over social media. (laughs) Mariah Hillman, who operates Las Vegas-based Pigeon Rescue, called Lofty Hopes, told KVVU-TV that at first I was like, you don't say like, lady, oh my God, that's cute, before backtracking and asking yourself, wait a minute, how did they get hats on? Did they glue them? And what does that mean for them, Hillman said? It is something that's going to impede their flight or attract predators? The animal rescuer said her team is trying to track the pigeons down to remove the little tiny cowboy hats. Hillman said her group spent several hours on Sunday asking around for information about the pigeons. (laughs) If you see these birds, just feed them till I get there. I'm only three miles away and I'll come and trap them, she said. So she's very concerned that the, uh, the application of the little hat might harm the birds. How would you, how would you, how would you get a pigeon in the first place yeah. to put a little hat on its head? I, I, I can tell you how I get pigeons up at the farm. Uh, no, that involves the four ten. Right. <laughs> so this is in the uh, the Great Sin City. Yeah. And yeah. I wonder if these are pigeons that are working the street. They're just trying to accessorize to get the attention of the other pigeons. These are pigeons. street pigeons. Yeah. Street pigeons. These are street pigeons with little are tiny they, cowboy hats. Are they pigeons? Cute as hell. You, uh, if you try to take their cowboy hat off, they might draw on you. <laughs> <laughs> Are they pigeons of the night? Uh, no, they seem to be normal as, pigeons. As opposed to oh the pigeons God. that work the bars. Right. Isn't that neat? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's cute. I They're not harming. Neat. It's a promotion. We're going to find it's out. It's got to be. We're yeah. going to find yeah. out eventually. Well, they, a vodka company. They just had their huge rodeo this past week. Well, that has to be it then. It's got to be it because there were cowboy hats everywhere on there on the airport. But how do you how do you get little hats to put on the heads of a pigeon? You see those pigeons over food, there? Food? Yeah. You give them a little. They got a nickname. Those are some good looking pigeons. Yeah. <laughs> Remember that when we were a kid, we we made traps out of boxes. You'd sure. tip a box upside down, prop it up with a stick and a string and a string. Maybe that's how they do it. We, so we didn't. Uh oh, what do we got here? Don't take my hand. I'm just a pigeon. 
all I got. <laughs> I thought you were doing like a whaling song. I thought he was going to do, I hear the pigeons coming. <laughs> I hear the pigeons coming. They're wearing tiny hats. They don't look like cowboys because they ain't got the chaps. <laughs> all right. Say, will you help me with this? We have a note from upstairs. Uh-oh. Our, uh oh. Whoops. Technology department. What again? Yeah. <laughs> Different department. Last week, we launched a dedicated oh, Alexa yeah. skill for Garage Logic. This is our first skill built for a specific podcast only. A huge thank you to Andrew for all of his hard work with it. You can install it via the link above, via your Alexa app, or, or, or if voice enabling is working day, saying, Alexa, enable Garage Logic skill. Once installed, Alexa Play Garage Logic will trigger the skill and play the most recent episode of the Garage Logic podcast. Listeners can jump from episode to episode, skip forward and back, and even ask to go to a specific time marker in the podcast. So, for instance, if you uh, have an Alexa device, I know a lot of people that listen to this show do, and that's how they consume Garage Logic. Is it, is it on my phone? You can, yes. Uh, you would say, Alexa, play. Well, what, what about the other broad? Would you my, shut up so I can the, explain? The other broad. Uh, what do you mean, the other broad? Surly? Yeah. This is, a, this is an Alexa's uh, a skill. It's a, a device specific. I have one on my phone called Hillary. That so, won't get you to garage. For instance, if you're using bitter. your Alexa skill, you could say, Alexa, play the foghorn. Really? So I gave them oh. a bunch of sound bites to upload. Alaska, El- Alexa, ask Garage Logic what is what the ray of hope is. So you could Here's do that. Today's ray of hope. So I have a question. Everybody who goes home and listens today on Alexa, everything we're saying, is that going to screw up their listening? Pretty much. <laughs> what do you mean? Because if we're saying, hey, Alexa, it's Alexa is going to respond hey, to it uh, as they're listening to the show. Hey, Alexa, <laughs> look at this. But we're the first show that they decided to do this That's with. That's really cool. Mm-hmm. Hey, Alexa, what do you know about Kenny? Joe. When Kenny speaks, I can hear radio dials changing channels all over the Twin Cities. Uh, How do I steer people to this link? Uh, it's yeah. wah, 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 Amazon.com and then a million slashes. <laughs> right? Let's just leave it at that. I'm not going to do this. I go. think it's fantastic. But it's really cool. And, and if you have an Alexa, you well, just can talk to Such it. had a good... A good point. How Those we... people that are using Alexa already for GL will immediately know how to find See, this. Candy, there's a, I have a little thing at my house like this, and I talk to it. It's Alexa. It plays stuff for me through the box. So is it, all is I have it to a do round one? We have a round yeah, one. Yeah, you got the same one I do. I'm have sure. A round yeah. one. I've got a wife. I talk to her. Sometimes she responds. Wow, coming from Kenny. That's, uh... As it's gathering information against you. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> well, that's fantastic. It's really cool. It's really cool, mm-hmm. yeah. So we launched that yesterday. It's more technology that I'll struggle with. Sure, it's class-winning technology and well, stuff. Well, you already talked to your remote control. Yeah, I can do that. Yeah. Uh, can, Scott Matura, the uh, is executive this another, chef. Wait a second, Joe. Is this another thing that's going to be listening to people, <laughs> spying on people? Is this a spy thing? They, they already say it does. So mm-hmm. yeah. So we're actually going to be in the homes of GLers listening well, to us. what, listening to their most. This, this private. is our first step, and then we're going to do carbon credits on your tree farm. We're uh, we're making it. We're making <laughs> slowly way. taking hugging. over. Yep. We had the great email yesterday from Iowa, uh, where the principal confronted a student and said, "Put your gun in your trunk and put your dad's beer in the trunk," and that was it. <laughs> Hope you get a deer this weekend. We're getting great examples of the America we all know. And still recognize this is from 
Scott Matura, the executive chef at Bucks out in Montana. Former classmate. Below is a photo I took the other day on my way to work. Our Soldiers Chapel is just up the road from Bucks, and when I saw this site the other morning, I knew I had to share it with the GLers. A fresh, white, snowy peak with the morning inversion layer below it and our flag resting proudly next to our Soldiers Chapel. Mm. Far from Liberal Lakes. If Kenny has driven from Bozeman to West Yellowstone, then he has passed the Soldiers Chapel, pushing back on a crisp bluebird morning. Look at the mountain peak behind that chapel. Wow, perfectly lined up. That is cool. Maybe you should post that. Oh, is that the email from Scott? Yes. Yeah. I wonder if that's I fantastic. Can. That's fantastic. What am I doing sitting here? Holy crap. <laughs> Good morning, Mayor. Being a history junkie, I at times can lose a snowy weekend afternoon online, either reading or watching historical documentaries. Recently, I stumbled across The History Guy on YouTube. One of his brief lessons covers the 1972 Black Hills flash flood. Because he can tell the history of the event better than I can, the link is provided below. Another since when example for you. I'm pretty sure whether he knows it or not, the history guy is a GLer. No measure, no mention of climate change, and he notes that floods are a natural and normal phenomenon. Richard Hall, Emmitsburg, Iowa. Of course they are. The only difference is with each passing decade, those floods impact more and more people mm-hmm. who right. are now living where right. they never used to live. <sighs> Uh, oh, and uh, Kenny? Yes, sir. Since you were unwilling to put on your big girl dress and take the uh, snowblower into Fratelloni's, <laughs> do this. Stop into Fratelloni's and pick up a couple of containers of True Fuel. That's T-R-U. I've used this stuff. It's amazing. Yeah, it's. Uh, I- I've been using it for years. Oh, it's, it's fantastic. absolutely wonderful. Drain your fuel tank and run the blower on True Fuel. This has fixed many of my carbureted engine running problems. The issue is the ethanol-laced crap fuel we're forced to use. <laughs> The ethanol has an affinity to moisture and causes issues in carbed engines. True fuel is real gas with nothing added. Good luck, Dan mm. from Phoenix, yeah. where he wouldn't even need a snowblower. No. I, uh, especially, I just got a new chainsaw last spring, and uh, I ran three tanks of that through it before I switched to regular gas, and it was wonderful for uh, breaking this chainsaw in. It's, it's really good stuff. I bought a lawnmower for a kid I used to have, and then it went unused for two years, but I had left it full of true fuel. Mm-hmm. Started right up. Yeah. Yeah. Started right up. Yeah, it's, it's it's good stuff. It costs a little money, but it's well worth it, mm-hmm. especially the smaller the engine gets, the more it's valuable to you. Joe, you're correct. I'm a former goalie, and if coach goalies as well, my advice to forwards and defensemen, for that matter, all young hockey players, has always been to use black tape. It's a fact that it's harder to see the puck at times on a stick blade with black tape. So the 49, 49er announcer is right, but as you say, we're at the point where we can get crushed no matter what we say. Good luck, Bob. All right. Uh, one more... Uh, uh, I want I want this email here. I can't stop looking at this picture from Matura. It's mm-hmm. just so wonderful. Hail the Flashlight King. Hail, Hail you. I may not be an official member of the Royal Order of the 21sters, but I, too, am counting down the days to the 21st. The knowledge that the days will soon lengthen gives hope to my winter-weary bones, even if colder weather awaits. We don't even have to wait for uh, the 21st for a true ray of hope, though. Today marks our earliest sunset of the year. Earth's orbital speed varies throughout the year, causing local solar noon to shift back and forth about 15 minutes each way. So even though there will be less total daylight on the 21st, 
we will already have gained a couple of minutes of light in the evening compared to today. For a drudge like me who goes to work in the dark and leaves work after sunset, any extra glow in the evening sky is worth celebrating. Dave from Alexandria, one of the guy. One of the guy. <laughs> he is one of the guys. Let's come back with John Heights newscast. Ricey here with the Canopy Group Facts. Number one, the Canopy Group writes more new business in one month than a captive insurance agent writes in three years. How is that possible? Let's share other facts to answer that question. Number two, the Canopy Group offers 16 different insurance companies, not just one. Number three, the Canopy Group offers combined single limit coverage, not split limit coverage. Number four, the Canopy Group offers only one deductible at claim time, not two or three or four or more. Number five, at renewal, the Canopy Group shops your insurance with their 15 other companies every year. Captives can't do this because they have only one company. So, if you have your insurance with one of the captive agents, remember they don't have any other options for you. Call 800-967-3389 or visit thecanopygroup.com. He's a seasoned veteran of the look, but he still can't draw a three or an eight. Here's Joseph. Oh, I almost heard the guy. <laughs> that was recorded a little low. I had her cranked up. That was from Randy, by the way. Say, uh, GLers only, the Black Friday promotion still continues for you at EcoFun Motorsports. Check out the kids' ATV selection for Christmas gifts. Ten different youth models in stock, ready to go, and GLers get a free helmet with every gas ATV. And GLers, Tim Bloom at EcoFun is continuing this for GLers through Christmas. And right now, 100 bucks off all electric bikes. That's on top of the year-end prices. Uh, $100 off all in-stock scooters on top of the year-end sale prices. Full line of Yamaha snowmobiles, uh, ATVs, and side-by-sides. Uh, it's a great year-end time to get to EcoFun on Highway 61 in downtown Forest Lake. Those kids' ATVs are great gifts, uh, Christmas gifts. I might have to upgrade because I have little ones that use a battery-powered uh, ATV. Here's how you do it. Tim's gonna and I tie a rope behind it so the kid can't <laughs> so get away from get me. Away. Uh, well, if you get the one for the kids, you're going to have to get one for Grandpa. Right. So that'll be awesome. But here's how you do it. You buy the ATV, but then you give them the helmet. Wrap the helmet up yeah. because Tim throws in a helmet. Yeah, you get a free and helmet. Yellers, I'm insisting you put that little brat in that helmet. Yep. And then the next present you, uh, you give them is uh, an envelope with yep. the keys in it. Oh, yeah. And then you build walk, it up. Yeah, yeah. And then you either walk nice. them to the front picture window or yeah. out to the garage, and there it is. Everything you need for your uh, winter recreation and getting ready for all of next spring and summer's recreation is at EcoFun Motorsports in downtown Forest Lake. And Tim is continuing the Black Friday specials for GLers right up until Christmas Day. Here's John Height. Thank you, Joe. One sports note before news, the Gophers uh, selling tickets already. A good number for the Outback Bowl, January 1st against Auburn. Since tickets went on sale Sunday afternoon, the U of M Athletic Ticket Office says it sold a few thousand tickets for the Outback Bowl. U of M Assistant Athletic Director Mike Weirsbicki said it's a testament to what our fan base is doing, supporting our team. The general level of excitement is tremendous, and we think we're going to see Gopher Nation down there in Tampa full 
of maroon and gold. What's the date on that? I missed it. January, January 1st. First, New Year's Day. Okay, thank you. Uh, news now. Three juveniles have been arrested and charged in connection to two recent assaults on Twin Cities light rail trains. Metro Transit Police used surveillance video to track down the teenage boys who were accused of beating one man and stealing a cell phone from another bystander on December 4th on the Green Line in St. Paul. The complaint says seven juveniles boarded a westbound Green Line near the Hamlin Avenue station around 9 p.m. were noted as loud and yelling profanities. The teens surrounded a man standing in the aisle. One of them started hitting and kicking the man repeatedly, according to charges. Two other suspects joined in to kick, punch, and stomp the victim multiple times. One of the teens picked up the victim and slammed him onto the floor, another kicking him in the head as the man was on the ground. Jesus. Nice guys. We're... Okay. As the attack went on, other passengers stepped up and told the teens to stop harming the man. The teens then punched and kicked one of the bystanders. One of the teens stole the bystander's cell phone and tried to take his bicycle before running off the train at the Snell, uh, Snelling Avenue station. How you doing? That was nice. The third man told police the group of juveniles punched him as he was exiting a Culver's restaurant on University. Police used a still photo created from the train surveillance footage to identify seven suspects. Officers located six or seven suspects inside the restaurant, which the teens ran out of once spotted by law enforcement. Right. Officers were able to detain three of them. Victims later identified the teens to police according to the charges. When asked by police, one of the suspects said he, when he boarded the train, he saw, quote, a dude mumbling something under his breath. The teen told the man to speak up, and when the man did, the suspect snapped and went off on him, according to he the He disrespected me, huh? When was this, John? Uh, December 4th, was it? Let me go back. 9 p.m. Do we know what time of night? December 4th, 9 p.m. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Uh, let me get back to where This we kind of stuff here. isn't just exclusive to us, by the way. Did you guys see the viral footage of the uh, shopping center out in California over the weekend? Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is going on everywhere. It's, it's, it's a decline a, of moral and ethical integrity. But it's also a lack of parenting. Right. Well, and a and, lack of respect for life. Am I a rube? I, I know it's been a while, but I, I've taken the L frequently as well as the subway in New York and never had a problem. I've taken the L a couple times, never had a problem. I don't know. I, I guess I'm just, uh, I, I guess I just don't see it when I'm there. And addressing the charges of 17 year old. Let me answer that. I bet it's because the subways in New York are so uh, routinely used for common transportation that they're full. Yeah, where that's th- true. This is yep. still a lark here. These yeah. are kids getting on and off trains, not paying, not going ride. anywhere. Right. I was going to say, uh, because you also have to pay to use the one in New York. You can't get away with the that. The subway in New York is a is a is the most significant means of transportation in the mm-hmm. city. And it's rife with weirdness, Yeah, but I've never seen any violence. I did. Well, I, I saw weirdness one day coming home from a Yankee game at midnight. There was a bald guy got on the train. And a guy next to him sat down and started chewing on top of the bald guy's head. Hey, <laughs> Other than not? that, I thought it was all well, right. Yeah, that, that's know? typical weird, you yeah. know, weird fun it's stuff. It's just New York. Right, right. <laughs> so many lines there, you know. Yeah. Uh, anyway, in addressing the charges, a 17-year-old who turned that age the night of the Green Line attack has been charged with two counts of aggravated robbery and fifth-degree assault, inflicting or attempting bodily harm. Another 17-year-old has been charged with the same offenses. A 16-year-old has been charged with two counts of aggravated robbery. So... Which means they're going to be out so, on the street in about what twenty four hours. Yeah, the well, John, he, that's that's how he celebrated his birthday. Apparently, yes. Went out and did violent crimes. Exactly. Yep. Wow. Clockwork the, Orange. The uh, good reference. The third uh, is set for a December seventeenth court date.
But which they'll get, what, a slap on the hand? We can't put them in jail. They're, uh, they're trying to turn their life around. Yeah. There was a, a piece in the uh, Star Tribune a week or two ago about the huge job that the Metro Transit police chief has in front of them. And they talked extensively about these crimes and how they can't put an officer on every bus. But I truly believe we're at the point where we need an officer or two on every train, mm-hmm. no matter what it takes. That's a huge, huge job. When President Trump held a rally in Minneapolis in October, he spent a few minutes focusing on immigration, including touting a new executive order he had issued. Now Minnesota counties are finding out they need to act soon as a result of that order from the president. It's actually state and county governments that will be making the decision to accept new refugees or decline them. So far, only Kandiyohai County in southwestern Minnesota has voted on the issue. The county board voted 3-2 to two to continue accepting refugees. Governor Tim Walz says he plans to submit a letter saying the state of Minnesota will continue accepting refugees in any county that continues to consent. Meanwhile... Welcome to America. We're sending you to Belgrade. Right. Yeah. Here you go. (laughs) Meanwhile, a North Dakota county on Monday voted to accept no more than 25 refugees next year. A 3-2 vote by Burley County Commission included a provision for further study of the issue, followed by a four-hour meeting and came a week after a vote was postponed when the audience overflowed the county's usual meeting space. If commissioners had voted no, refugee settlement groups say they think Burley County, home to about 95,000 people in the capital city of Bismarck, would have been the first local government to do so nationally since the president's executive order in September. Uh, The 25 isn't really a big number. They usually don't receive many refugees anyway, just 24 in fiscal 2019 and 22 in 2018. Isn't Belgrade uh, where they have that giant, giant blackbird statue? I think it is. I'll I'll look it up and answer my own question. Where is Belgrade? It's uh, it's a big crow. Yeah, big crow. It's on Highway 55. North Dakota? No, No, Minnesota. 55 south of uh, St. Cloud. Oh. It's World? right next to the ice cream it's shop. It's the world's largest crow statue. How do you know statue? so much about Belgrade? Uh, my in-laws used to live there. Oh, yeah, all right. <laughs> House Democrats unveiling two articles of impeachment this morning against President Trump. Uh, those two articles, abuse of power and obstruction of Congress. Democratic leaders saying the president put U.S. elections and national security at risk when he asked Ukraine to investigate rivals, including Joe Biden. Speaker Nancy Pelosi declined during an event Monday evening to discuss the articles. When asked if she has enough votes to impeach the president, she said she would let House lawmakers vote their conscience. She said, I haven't counted votes on this, uh, nor will I. Uh, Oh, yeah, by the way, you know, you're hopeful, right? After all this is over, the level of lunacy by both parties will get better. Uh Mm -hmm. Representative Louis Gomert, a Republican from Texas, uh, said, you know, if Joe Biden gets elected, uh, we, we already have forms. All we have to do is cross out Donald Trump's name and put Joe Biden's name in there. To impeach. Oh, for God's sake. He basically has admitted, quote, to the crime that's being hoisted on the president right now improperly. Uh, so house divided. Joe, you live in a house divided, right? Boy, do I ever. <clears throat> well, an argument about the impeachment hearings targeting the president turned Ooh. violent Friday evening when a man shoved his 60-year-old girlfriend to the ground in the couple's Florida residence. He showed her. Yep. 62-year-old Ernest. It hasn't come to that yet. For me. <laughs> That's good. That's good. You can still break bread together? Oh, yeah. Okay. 62-year-old Ernest Ford and his girlfriend of seven years became engaged in a verbal dispute about the impeachment hearings around 7.45 of the evening on December 6th. The victim told cops that Ford retreated to a back bedroom in the shared residence and continued the argument. When the woman made her way to the rear of the Sarasota home to confront the defendant, that's when he pushed her. 
The 5'10", 272-pound Ford grabbed the victim by the shoulders, pushed her to the ground. Ford was arrested at the couple's residence at Via del Sol, a 55-and-older mobile home community. He knew it. <laughs> he was booked into the Manate- Manatee County Jail on a misdemeanor battery charge. He could have been the guy. He could have been the guy who tried to light his hearing aid. Yeah. I saw the picture. Yeah. They might be related. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they were very, is, very who's, who's the lefty and who's the right? Yeah, right. That was, that was it didn't say. See, that's uh, not that's bad reporting. And you shouldn't. I suppose you shouldn't make assumptions. I would guess the guy by the looks of him may have been the righty, and she might have been the lefty. But Did again, you see a that's of just her? an assumption. I didn't. Mm-hmm. I didn't. When so. was the last time any of you have been that worked up on a given subject? <sighs> With Boy, the wife, forty years ago. I, I don't think I ever. Have. I don't Never. think I have either. <laughs> have no. No, it, it usually involves... Because I've learned how to just tune it out. There you yeah. go. Tune it out. Yeah, go well, to the garage. Don't take the bait. You just go to the garage. There was a Bachelor episode a couple years ago. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> the uh, Star Tribune reporting, the meat raffle is a time-honored Minnesota tradition. I love a good meat raffle. Yep. Yeah, a lot of, you know, gambling, stocking the freezer for leaner times, all the while supporting whatever, the local VFW or mm-hmm. a hockey team. Uh, here's a twist. What if all the meats in the meat raffle were meatless? Oh, well, then it's not a meat raffle. Local vegan shop and food truck Herbivorous Butcher is hosting a vegan meat raffle this weekend at East Lake Craft Brewery inside the Midtown Global Market. All they made a meat raffle. Meet you there. Then it's not a meat raffle. Right. All the prizes are plant-based. It's Every, a plant raffle. Everything right. from the sausages to the ham roast is made with ingredients like vital wheat gluten, beans, squash, and jackfruit. I'm driving right by that and going to Grunhoffers. <laughs> this is the second vegan meat raffle hosted by the Herbor- Herb- Herbivorous. I, I That's co-founded that. by Aubrey Walk. Walk. I, I handed Suge yeah, the article. I've seen yeah, it in the John. Star Tribune here. Yeah. Um, why do they insist on calling it meat? And why are they using yeah. names and titles like ham and brats and stuff? Because it's not. I, I don't know. Well, your kid's uh, into this, isn't he, John? Well, yeah, to a, a point, he's not a complete vegetarian or vegan, but uh, he, he he likes. Uh, I've actually talked to people that have eaten food from this place to say it's a very good. Not vegetarians, but people who said, you know, for a health thing, it tastes pretty good. I, I don't want it, but what, what are you going to do? Hmm. You know, I admire your uh, what would it be your stick to itness or whatever, however you say that. I, I couldn't remain true to this veganism no, or vegetarian God, God, for no. your loyalty. I, or? I, I don't think it would. I'd even last a half yeah, a day. I would not. I put brats on my salad. <laughs> <laughs> Prizes include herbivorous butcher jerky, a grill pack, mm-hmm. and the grand prize of a winter feast: ham roast, maple mustard sausage, hickory bacon, English cheddar, and brie, all plant-based. My question would be. If why are you honoring meat? Why don't you just call it what it That's is? That's a good right. point. Right. Why are you celebrating the meat? The, at least the meat names. If you're so opposed to meat, why don't you call it? Uh, let's see. You'd have to call it. Uh, I don't know what the hell you'd call it. Plus, they, they fake, do, fake bacon. They do that because if they didn't, we wouldn't be talking about it. I right guess now. that's true. And the paper wouldn't write about it. You can't it. make bacon out of plants. I can <laughs> tell you that. In fact, their sign on the door says, "We open." We ought to meet. Yeah, we ought to meet. We don't even do meat. <laughs> I think of vegetarians much the way I think of people that ride bikes in the winter. I have a lot of respect for them, but I could never do it myself. I saw a kid on a bike during the snowstorm Saturday. Streets were horrible in St. Paul. 
He's waiting at the stop sign. I'm walking by, and I said to him, are you riding that thing for exercise or because you need to? And he said, i got to get to work. So he's yeah. riding it to work. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I'm serious, too. If you ride your bike in the winter, my hat's off to you. Wait, why were you out walking in the snowstorm? I walk every day. Okay. However, right. if you ride your bike in the summer, no respect to you. <laughs> well, we that's weird. You. Yeah. One fast food customer's trip to Taco Bell this weekend quickly turned sour after police say the employee working at the drive through window ended up threatening the customer with a machete. Ah, oh. 21-year-old Samuel Hemet allegedly wielded the 18-inch weapon after a customer had difficulty hearing him while ordering at the drive-thru speaker. The customer reportedly drove up to the speaker at a Taco Bell in Austin, Texas Sunday afternoon, but was having difficulty communicating with Hemet, who was working the drive-thru. The customer asked Hemet, can you not hear? And then allegedly began cursing at the customer. Uh, that is the employee, I'm sorry, who said uh, started cursing. Hammett then said, why don't you pull up here and I'll show you what I have for you. And the customer wow. drove forward. They saw that Hammett was holding something out the window. That something ended up being a machete. Hammett allegedly went so far as to hit the customer's driver's side mirror before the customer drove away and called 911. The security footage provided to Austin police by Taco Bell showed Hammett running <laughs> to the break room to retrieve the machete. As the customer, oh, hold on, hang I'll on a sec. Right, we have to be, be right, right back. back. As the customer pulled up to the window, then hitting the customer's truck twice. Why the Samer theory is real, isn't it? Yeah, why, it really is. Why machete at a Taco Bell? Why? Why? Why'd you bring it with you to why? work? Why? Just why? in case. Yeah. I can't leave for work till I grab my machete. Yeah, hold on, we got to turn around. I forgot my machete. The footage also revealed that Hemet hid the machete in a nearby dumpster. After all of this happened, he then admitted to attacking the customer with the machete. Uh, Hemet was arrested Sunday evening on a charge of aggravated assault with a deadly weapon, bail set at $15,000. And, and what did the customer do to irritate the uh, uh, worker? He couldn't hear. He said, can you hear me? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, so. Uh, people are cracking up. They're just cracking up. Mm-hmm. Same theory is real. Yep. <laughs> In Michigan, uh, this will make for a tough holiday get-together. A DNR conservation officer investigating a dispute between two brothers in which one of them eventually admitted to spraying deer repellent around his brother's hunting stand. (laughs) (laughs) According to the official report, it took place in Nauego County in Michigan at the start of the firearm season uh, when Officer Mike Wells received a complaint of hunter harassment. After meeting with the complainant, he was given two SD cards from trail cameras that showed a subject wearing a yellow backpack sprayer who was covering two hunting stands located on U.S. Forest Service why, property. Why, why can't this just be a prank? It's just mischief to make between it, brothers. Yeah. It, it wasn't, though. If, if, let me move on. I'm here. sorry. They, basically, they had a beef with each other. I'm about sorry, hunting Took out a machete. The, <laughs> the complainant identified the subject as the man's brother, said the property is located next to a private camp willed to him and his brother by their father. He added he was frustrated with his brother's continual harassment while he was on private property. On the morning of the firearm deer season, the officer approached the suspect brother while he was hunting in his blind on a private camp. According to the report, it was discovered the suspect brother was illegally hunting over bait. Wells interviewed the suspect brother, showing him one of the trail camera's photographs. He then admitted he had sprayed both blinds because his brother was intentionally cutting off the deer by hunting the public land next to the camp. That's terribly complicated. It really is. Yeah. Basically, yeah. he was mad at him because he wouldn't let deer uh, I understand. into his area. I understand. 
on Amazon. I let me. I gotta. I gotta tell you a little story here. When I was growing up, yep. uh, my mother, she she swore, but that generation she never used the big ones. You right. Know. No. You, you know what I'm saying. No. Yeah, Gosh it, darn it. Yeah, they use different ones like tarnation, holy snikes, yeah. stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, she 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 would swear on occasion, but uh, only uh, maybe twice did I hear uh, use the 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 Effenheimer. Yeah, and it always involved. I never did hear that one from either of them. Really? Yeah. Yeah. It, uh, Boy, it, that's sure different. Yeah. She uh, she You're used making it. up for it, are you? Yeah, I got her covered. <laughs> she used it twice around the Christmas season when we had. Some sort of, you know how family things can happen around Christmas. Sure, right? sure. And it ended up with her saying very angrily, Merry bleeping Christmas. Ah, okay. Well, I'll be That's getting... my favorite Christmas card, by the way. And then Santa giving you the favorite. Well, funny you should say that because on Amazon right now for nineteen ninety nine, wrapping paper with snowmen, Santa Claus, angels, Christmas trees, and right in the middle, Merry bleeping Christmas. Well, I, really? I, 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 I disapprove. <clears throat> nineteen ninety nine for a roll, Joe. I disapprove. Yeah. It looks, it's it's very festive paper. I'm right? sure it is. Yeah. Did your dad roll in then and said, uh, who was mad at who? Who was mad at who? Who are you they, mad at? That's probably why she said it. It probably has something it. to do with dad. I, I, I was going to, let me, let me ask you a tweet question. A Speaking tweet? of parents and yeah. language. Yeah. And what do you, what do you want uh, I appoint of myself to get the wreath to put out at the parents' uh, I saw this. Yeah. Uh, graves, mm-hmm. which aren't marked. They're just stones in the ground that are marked. Well, of course, it's snowy. It's it's just packed with snow. And you, you tweeted this? No, no. no I'm no, asking no. you a question. Oh, oh, okay. And so I went out and I planted it. The cemetery roads were poorly uh, maintained. I had to essentially walk in. And I looked around. I had a vague idea. You know, so I plopped her down. There you go. And I took a picture of it. It's basically a picture of a wreath on a white field. Okay. And I said, I think I got her close. They're down there somewhere. (laughs) I texted that to my siblings. And I thought, that would be a funny tweet. But then I didn't send it because I don't know the, I don't know tweeting etiquette. You probably made the right call. No, oh, that would be a funny. Well, I think that'd I got be a good See, I was playing off our close enough yeah, bit. Right, that, right. That's that's a over there, that's over a the wonder, hill. Yeah, that's a wonderful tweet. Yeah, I, yeah, I didn't. You got to make up for it. No, you, you still have no, it, I don't you? It. I deleted it. Well, you <laughs> deleted the picture or the the picture? I deleted the picture. But that's, I thought it was funny. That's it funny. Was, it but then I bounced it off a guy who I trust, and he said, "If you ever have to ask whether you should send a tweet, you probably shouldn't send it." I guarantee you, he did not delete it because he doesn't know how. Right, it's oh, I can there. delete it. Pull up his account. Oh, a picture of a trash can simple. comes up. That's to be hit. I, th- I think uh, that uh, thing on Twitter is up to about six thousand views, isn't it? The one where you're trying to. Uh, <laughs> oh my God! Figure Make out a video. Yeah. By the way, have you still blocked me on all social media? Yeah, you're, you're still blocked. But I'm shooting, shooting. If you saw that video that you posted it on Facebook too, right, yep. Chris? Yep. So it's on Facebook and Twitter. And what you didn't see was the 60-second run-up to the oh. stuff we published yeah. where Such was looking into the camera oh, yeah. and off on the most foul Marine Barracks profanity <laughs> rant you've ever, ever heard about the conditions uh, of the streets in St. Paul. You had already left for the day, Matt. Okay, yeah. and, we're, and I was telling Joe he needs to do this thing like Judd does. Like Judd talks in the car. Yeah, yeah Judd yeah. talks into his camera for ninety right. seconds, throws it up on Twitter. I want Joe 
to do that. Oh, oh, I can't figure it out. <laughs> so we, we, I taped him doing this, and it was so, so funny. And people think he's acting. Oh, hey, guys. Oh, no. It's Sooch here. It's, it's wintertime. Let me tell you about the bleeping, bleeping bleep streets and bleep St. Bleep Paul. In fact, Brooke, I came up with the name. It should be Off Center with Joe Sooch. Oh, yeah, perfect. and that's the other perfect. thing. Because the camera is always in the wrong angle. You only see half of his face. And then you could sort of see it in the video. He, he kept. I want to watch it. Why can't I watch it? And all we could see because he didn't turn the camera around was what me and Kenny <laughs> kept waving. Hey, to how him. are you? Yeah. <laughs> and then he kept hitting record. And well, well, yeah. And it didn't help that you kept saying, "Turn up the yeah, volume. <laughs> turn up the volume. It's not working because of the volume." Yeah. And he yeah, thought that was real. Yeah, well, I had some. I had some issues. It was. Issues. It was very funny. We'll uh, we'll return in a moment. <laughs> Justice and the Souchere. That's right, and also 30 Bales Restaurant in downtown Hopkins. They're on 11th and Main Street in downtown Hopkins. And Todd and Tom, they're our buddies, and they've owned that spot for a number of years now. And they uh, they have an outstanding menu. It's a scratch Midwest kitchen. A lot of people have been emailing me over the course of time trying it out, including on Twitter. But Bill sent me a note. He said, Reavers. Just want to let you know that the deep-fried deviled eggs at 30 Bales were absolutely oh. outstanding. I agree. I've had those before, Damn. too. They're really, really good. Um, their happy hour Tuesday through Friday from 3 to 6 p.m. features a number of $5 menu items and also all of their draft beer, 5 bucks. Their lunch spot is outstanding as well. And also, hey, if you're in the area this weekend, check out their brunch, 9 a.m. to 2 p.m. Look at their entire menu. Go online right now and go to 30bales. Spell it out, 30bales.com. And please let Todd and Tom know that you heard about it on the GL Podcast. I've never been to a happy hour. Sounds sounds like it would be fun. Happy hours. Are you yeah. kidding me? Happy hours. Never been happy, never happy, been hour. happy, happy hours hour? are God's way of thanking no. us. No, that's that's statistically impossible. You, there's no way you can say that. It's true. Your sports writing days? No, I was. I had my nose to the grindstone. Okay, there. They used to have a happy hour at Williams Peanut Bar downstairs. It started at three o'clock. I think you'd pay a two dollar cover. First half hour beer is free. Second half hour beer is twenty five cents. Okay, and it would go on like that until six o'clock. I learned something. I had to crawl home. <laughs> I mean, seriously. It, wow, it was the happiest happy hour ever. And then we'd roll over to CC Club. And then from CC Club, go to, and then from there to there to there. God. You want to learn something? Yes, sure. Hail the flashlight king hail, and his court jesters. Hail, 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 hail us. Hail us. Yeah. On the 6th December podcast, John reported on the story about the downed Black Hawk, the helicopter from our National yeah, Guard. Yes, sir. Yep. The mayor seemed to question the term maintenance test flight. I was fortunate enough to get to play with the U.S. Air Force KC-135 Stratotanker family of aircraft for 17 of my 20 years on active duty. There are several reasons why we would send a bird up on a test flight. The simplest and most common one was the first flight after a pre-planned in-depth inspection. An isochronal or phase inspection is where we pull an aircraft into a dedicated hangar and inspect certain areas and parts of the aircraft and try to fix any minor uh, detail, aircraft defects that do not impact the safety of flight. The I-35, the 135 aircraft 
was programmed at about one week for the inspection and another week in the fuel barn to fix any minor fuel tank leaks. The second is if an aircraft is on the ground for more than 30 days without a flight. The United States Air Force, we call them, we in the USAF, we call them a hangar queen. And we were then required to perform a specific inspection to ensure it is airworthy. The third is sometimes requested by maintenance because a particular write-up either cannot be duplicated on the ground or after we repair a malfunction, then we test a system as best as we can on the ground, but we need the air crew to test it in the air. The bottom line is that whenever a maintainer hears that an aircraft goes down, it pokes a red-hot branding iron onto our biggest fear. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I and most other maintainers are guilty of needling and calling the air crew a bunch of meat servos or zipper-suited sun gods. The one-piece flight suit has a long zipper. But we take pride in our work and the safety of our aircraft and crew in the utmost seriousness. My last duty title was a production superintendent, a.k.a. the grumpy guy in, char- in charge of the maintenance and the last one to look over a jet and sign the forms to release the aircraft to them college boys. It is tough to relay the feeling when I heard it was on a maintenance test flight. My heart goes out to the crew that gained their eternal set of wings, and I hope that the maintainers that last worked on the Blackhawk get the mental health care they will need. Godspeed, and may the family and friends of all involved find peace in the long run. Keith D. Olson, Master Sergeant, USAF retired, Terry, Montana. Holy bleep. That's sobering. Uh, Hail the flashlight king. Hail you. This guy's got a great point, I'm afraid. One we've not addressed. Listening to the December 5 podcast about Duluth and their mayor winning re-election with 64% of the voter turnout. Election turnouts in the Twin Cities sound similar. I think it raises an issue which you, our mayor, need to address. I fear that GLers are not voting. I refuse to believe that 64% of any community would not hold GL values dear and practice them in their lifestyle. It is simply antithetical to what I witness with my own eyes and hear with my own ears that even in the People's Republic of Minnesota, the mystery is the majority. Keep pushing, keep pushing back Michael and Bismarck. He's got a great point. Maybe GLers are not voting. Reavers, did you vote this? Mm-hmm. You vote. Yeah. Didn't I hear you say once? There, no, it's Kenny. You don't vote. John, you vote. I vote. Yes. Rookie, you vote. vote. Yep. How many here voted in the last election? I did. I stopped by. I did because the kids are excited about it too. So I no did. matter any chance we get, I did. John, you didn't, did you? I, I didn't this yeah. year. Yeah. But why, he's got a point. Not? Maybe GLers aren't 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 voting. And then even so, GLers really don't have many GLers to vote for. That's, but that shouldn't stop you from voting. That is a problem. Your candidates are. Right. You better get out there, GLers. We need to reelect this guy. You understand, though, you of all people understand my frustration living in in South Minneapolis, where... You're in the heart of diversity, Bill. Your vote literally doesn't count. You well, but, but, but I think that's this is the guy's point. I, I had a, a candidate that I voted for that would have helped solve my problem in, in St. Paul, and she got canned by... Uh, well, yeah, she... What the hell's his name? She Chris got Tolbert. her ass handed yeah, to her. Yeah. Well, of well maybe because GLers didn't vote. Maybe they didn't go out. Well, we, had t- we were talking about this the other day, the Duluth story, and how there's just a lot of people that are in that same boat. Who did you vote for, uh, Hillary or Trump? Neither I, one, because neither. You, didn't, you didn't have a choice. So what, what the hell difference was your vote for some well, there were many other third, fourth, candidate. dumbbell were, down the line? Well, because there was were a lot waste. of other races in the car. It was a race oh. of a vote. A okay. waste of a vote. So your next vote, your next vote, depending on who the 
Dems put up and who the third party candidate is, is it's a available. Waste. It's a waste. And then there who is the no sitting third. president is. The, Matthew, there is There's no, no third, third party. There's no third party. There's no fourth party. None of those <laughs> other people on the ballot matter because they they won't come even close but to, to winning. Do you not, even though this place is a mess right now, this country is a mess and this president is not behaving uh, how he should, the alternative for me, it was a non-Hillary vote. More so than... Absolutely. Absolutely. A mother from Plymouth, England, says she was scolded online for daring to mention Father Christmas, and she was informed that Santa Claus is now seen as gender neutral. (laughs) The Plymouth Herald reported on the alleged incident last week and quoted the unnamed mother as telling them, I've just been shamed on a Facebook group for using the name Father Christmas and told that Santa is now seen as gender neutral. I was only referring to the book below, Father Christmas by Raymond Briggs, but it's left me a little confused and on edge about what we are allowed to say. The mother added, I have a small child and don't really want to raise him saying Father Christmas if it's hurtful to some. No, lady, push back. Your kid wants to hear about Father Christmas. And these nattering nabobs on social media can go to hell. (laughs) Father Uh, Christmas is a he-him. Right. Yeah. Another note. I'm glad my kids knew up, grew up knowing Father Christmas is based on Saint Nick. All for the personal identities encourage it. But come on, how messed up is this world we live in? There was at least one person out of hundreds that reportedly weighed in, who agreed on ditching the name Father Christmas, which is the common name for Santa in Great Britain. I must be the only one who hates Father Christmas. The anonymous user wrote, "I much prefer Santa, Santa Claus. Plus, it's easier for little ones to say." Uh, if reporting on the debate is accurate, it appears the name Father Christmas is safe for continued use. Uh, let's see, what's it say? Uh, there has been pushback in the UK to name Father Christmas as Person Christmas. Nope. Should we go to the Wikipedia? Oh, Person Christmas. The, the, the Wikipedia? No. The, no, this is interesting. Yeah. Who is the real Father Christmas? The yeah. man behind the story of Father Christmas, Santa Claus, St. Nicholas, was a bishop who lived in the 4th century in a place now called Myra in Asia Minor. It's now Turkey. He was a very rich man because his parents died when he was young and left him a lot of money. And on the 12th day, <laughs> he rested. <laughs> but see, this, this really isn't much of a story. And this show could have gotten along without this story, but I offered it as an example of of having to push back. But this is a story, again, based completely on anonymous uh, anonymous think muggers yeah. who get yeah. on their mm-hmm. Twitter and Facebook accounts. Yeah, and Twitter shaming. Well, I'm yeah. sure you saw this over the weekend, too, the uh, the clown that wants to bring the, the drag queens to the daycare. Yeah. I forget where that is. Yeah. And you see this little innocent, what, three-year-old girl? Yeah. And I'm thinking, why do we need to subject these kids to this nonsense? Twitter's full, Clark. Get off the phone. <laughs> uh, that's that's not funny. That's a swing and a miss. What do you mean? Oh, I did see you put that on Twitter. What? Making fun of that line. That was funny. No. Twitter's full. Kenny that, was that, not that, amused. That's funny. No, that is not funny. That is stupid. That's like when the that, you know what that's like because I'm a comedic writer. That's when the preacher makes one of those really lame jokes during the service and everybody laughs Gives him the <laughs> just to be friendly and, and nice to the guy. I'm the guy in the back. The going, courtesy uh, laugh, uh, Reverend. Not funny. Yeah. Not funny. <laughs> courtesy laugh. Yeah. 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 Rev, uh, see if you can pick up what I picked up about this story because uh, it's one of these list stories. But I think there's more here than meets the eye. And GLers are involved. Uh, this is from Tim. 
the December 7 Wall Street Journal has released its annual ranking of the nation's drunkest cities, <laughs> and some of these cities are favored by GLers. Number 10 on the list is Mankato, the city where the beer czar honed his alcohol consumption skills while attending college. Let's go, Mavs! And Mankato was barely edged out by number 9 on the list, Eau Claire, Wisconsin, home of GL's sponsor, The Coffee Grounds. <laughs> right. The report notes that Eau Claire has the second highest concentration of bars per capita in the nation, but we all know that GLers only go there Wait, for the coffee. Is is Stout in Eau Claire or Man, uh, Madison? Stout no, is Stout. Is stout. In- Stephen's Menominee, point. isn't it? Yeah, it's Menominee. Okay, Menominee. I don't know where it is, but it's not in. It's not in I, Eau Claire. Well, I drove by it on my way to Eau Claire quick, on quick, Highway quick, Twelve, quick, quick, so quick. that would have been probably Menominee. Yeah, well, yeah, I think you're right. When Menominee. in doubt, you yeah. go to Stout. Go to Menominee. Stout. <laughs> uh, okay, uh, here's the list, and see if you can. Saint Cloud better have made the list. Oh God, they have to be. They have to. And they give you all the warnings about the bad stuff that alcohol does. I'm going to be ashamed if St. Cloud isn't on that list. Uh, uh, here's the Wall Street Journal list. Number one, Green Bay. Okay, sure. <laughs> Number two, Eau Claire, Wisconsin. Number three, Appleton, Wisconsin. Fantastic. we got a theme here. Wow. Number Patrick. Four, <laughs> number four, Madison, Wisconsin. No. <laughs> number wow. five, North Dakota. The whole state? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Fargo, I'm sorry, Fargo. Fargo. Uh, number six, Oshkosh, Nina, Wisconsin. Oof. Number seven, Missoula, Montana. Uh, number eight, Grand Forks, North Dakota, Minnesota. All right. Number nine, Wausau, Wisconsin. Wow. Number ten, La Crosse, Wisconsin. So that, if I'm keeping track, that's six, right, from Wisconsin? Uh, yeah, six entries so far. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. <laughs> number eleven, Mankato. Number 12, Fond du Lac, Wisconsin. That's eight. Uh, Number 13, Iowa City, Iowa. Number 14, Dubuque, Iowa. Number 15, Sheboygan, Wisconsin. That's nine. (laughs) Number 16, Watertown, Fort Drum, New York. Number 17, Lincoln, Nebraska. Number 18, Fairbanks, Alaska. Number 19, Ames, Iowa. And number 20, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, that's 10. Yeah, so 10 yeah. of the top 20 are Wisconsin. Congratulations. What, did you pick up a theme there, anyone? Uh, college towns and lonely areas. That's, that's Missoula. Ger- that's Germaine. Uh, Alaska. The, Grand, uh, the two in, uh, one was Fargo. What was the other one? Grand, Grand Forks? Forks. Yeah. All North northern college towns. Yeah, you're right, Matthew. All They're all northern. The With the exception of Fairbanks, Alaska... And Watertown, Fort Drum, New York, they're all between mm-hmm. Wisconsin. They're all in the five-state area. Yeah, They're all Wisconsin, Minnesota, North and South Dakota, here's, and Iowa. Here's we, the U.S., and they're all right, right here. There. Right there. The we rock so hard. Yes, we do. What, oh, else, God, is, what, so else, awesome. what else do we learn from this? Well, as Kenny mentioned, college towns. Well, I can, uh, let's do that. Green Bay's a college town. Eau Claire's a college town. I don't think Appleton, Wisconsin but is. Didn't, wasn't Sheboygan in there? Madison, a college town. Fargo, is that University of North yes, Dakota? Yes, That's yep. a college town. Uh, Missoula, is that? That's a college town, yes, I think. Yes, I believe it is. Is Grand Forks a college UND, town? UND, University yeah. of North Dakota. Uh, La Crosse is a college town. Yep. Mankato's a college town. Iowa City is a college town. I don't know about Dubuque and Sheboygan. I don't know. Yeah, about Dubuque what. has. Uh, yes, Dubuque is a college town. I think Sheboygan. They're just. Depressed. I was in Dubuque this summer. 
Oh, congratulations. Yeah. Did you get wasted? Fairbanks is a college town. <laughs> Happy hour. Ames. Is Ames a college town? Yeah, yeah I And Milwaukee's a college town. Yeah, okay. So college towns is a common theme. Uh, a close geographical proximity to each other, squeezed into this area in the upper Midwest. Cold climate. Cold climate, long winter nights. Mm-hmm. Okay, what else? There's something you're you're glaringly missing. Hmm. And I don't know how to break it down once I reveal to you what it is. <clears throat> Nothing even comes close to the country's tallest buildings. Oh. Nothing even comes close. Well, Fargo, there's there's some No, 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 no. Where's Fargo. Chicago? Where's Minneapolis? Oh, 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 big yeah. Well, Madison's where, where's, the where's, capital. That's, that's, they have no tall buildings. The only one with a reasonably tall building on this list is Milwaukee. My, look up with the my buddy board. Naomi in Fargo is going to pen you an angry letter. There's a couple of at least two tall buildings. No, in Fargo. but you're Fargo, missing, you're missing on, twelve no. stories. You're missing, my, you're missing my overall point. These are all cities likely to be governed, with the exception of Madison, Wisconsin, and Milwaukee. Well, Such is they're it? all governed by people who probably are not in the salon, but. Are drinking too so, much. Yeah. Right. I think you're presenting an argument for the salon, is what you're doing. Well, I, oddly enough, I happen to agree with you. In other words, uh, how come New York City can't make the list? Because they're too busy dealing drugs. They're, they're too cultured. Minneapolis doesn't make the list. They're better than us. The Constellation apartment building at 158 feet tall is the tallest building in Madison. Big deal. Oh, That's 15 uh, stories, right? That's not tall enough. Feet. I've got to go to Fargo now. <laughs> I was in Fargo like five times this summer. There is a University of Wisconsin Sheboygan campus, so I guess we can call Sheboygan a college town, sort of. Well, I guess I guess my interesting observation is that uh, <laughs> the closer you get to the call, uh, country's tallest buildings. Uh, it, would it stand to reason that the more health conscious you're finding people? Could the be. Euphorians are yeah, more health could conscious? Be. Could be. The people in Liberal Lakes and Diversityville are more health conscious? I, I made the joke earlier, but I'm serious when I say that a lot of people, though, that decide to reside in Minneapolis, St. Paul, cities like that, they don't resort to alcohol consumption. They do resort more to drug use, whether it's marijuana. I'm serious. They mm-hmm. do. The, mm-hmm. the tallest building in Fargo is not done yet. <laughs> <laughs> they're working on it. Working We're at getting it. there. When yeah. they're done, it'll be 237 feet. I still don't know what school you're talking about in Dubuque, Iowa. I think it, here. See. I'll look it up. I, I know that there's a school there. There's a Dubuque University. I saw that when I looked it up. Is that one of those you know mail and Ovaltine wrapper in, <laughs> yeah. and you get the home courses on the computer? <laughs> Be an artist. Draw this. Send it in. Madison uh, doesn't surprise me, and, and Green Bay there. doesn't surprise me. Uh, well, none of these surprise me. What the hell? They're all the uh, Wisconsin is, is is credited with ten of the top cities for drunkenness because uh, alcohol is cheap and the winters are brutal. Yeah, that's what that's what the Wall Street Journal comes up with. I mean, Wisconsin, they're they're still giving you to-go cups, right? You, you can still walk out of the bar with a glass that of... That I'm unsure of. I have a buddy who has a cabin in north-central uh, Wisconsin, and his liquor store is a drive through Right. Yeah. But if you go to a bar, a corner <laughs> bar in Green Bay, you're unlikely to find a selection of craft beers. Every neighborhood's got a corner bar in Green Bay. True. Every single neighborhood. Yeah. Dubuque boasts three private liberal arts colleges offering a wide variety of undergrad and grad programs. 
Uh, Loris College, University of Dubuque, Clark University, Northeast Iowa CC, and uh, a Bible college. I'll be damned. Those Bible thumpers can put you under the table. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Not <laughs> one single hobby or thing of interest exists in Wisconsin that doesn't include drinking. All of it includes drinking. Yeah. Fishing, snowmobiling, everything football, involves drinking. Raffles. There are bars in small towns in Wisconsin lined up right next to each other. Five bars in a town population, five hundred. All of those bars flourishing. That's all they do in Wisconsin is drink. You ever been to Hurley? Yeah, yeah, many times, Sage. <laughs> many times. And let's just leave it at that. <laughs> Boy, that's an outpost, isn't it? Yeah. Some of those yeah. gals have been. Yeah. I, I find my, when I'm on that street in Hurley, I find myself going to the only bar on that street that doesn't offer that form of inter- right, entertainment because right. it's, it's, uh, it's your. 48-year-old aunt with... Uh, no, I don't oh, like those either because no. I find it very depressing. Yeah. I find it very her depressing. Boyfriend uh, sitting mm. at the bar. Oh, got hey. the air tank her, with the mask. Her oh. son doing homework in the back oh, room. Oh, God, it's terrible. She's wow. got the C-section Mom, scar. I'm getting tired. Oh, no. <laughs> Mom, I'm getting tired. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Go sleep in the pickup. I called Grandma. She's coming down to pick you up. Oh, yeah. can't. So She's dancing next door. Oh, God, that's so sad. Yeah, yeah that's yeah, why sad. I said I always end up at the bar that doesn't offer that. Yeah, you have to look. You have to be careful. Let's come back with Johnny. <laughs> what the hell? Hit the button, Joe. University of Garage Logic, 98. College of Self-Esteem, zip. Nada, nothing. Here's Joe Souchere. I have, on occasion, heard people say that if they saw someone in my backyard trying to break into my car, my garage, I'd grab my gun and I'd take care of it. (laughs) No, 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 no. Don't do that. You do that. I promise you're going to spend a long, long time in jail. Uh, Here's a tip from the Minnesota gun class on when it's legal to use a gun for self-defense. You can only use a firearm or other deadly object to protect yourself under certain circumstances. Five criteria must be met. You have to believe you are about to be killed or greatly harmed. You are the innocent party. Your response is reasonable based on the threat. The threat is immediate. There is no possible way to avoid it, and you cannot escape or retreat. You have to meet those five uh, criteria and if one of them isn't met, you can wind up in court fighting uh, for your freedom for a long, long time. Uh, to learn more, I want you to watch the Minnesota Gun Class's 10-minute video on the legal use of force. You can find it at minnesotagunclass.com GL. It covers everything you need to know to legally protect yourself or another person. And if you're looking to get your permit to carry... This is the place to go. Over 20,000 Minnesotans of trusted Minnesota gun class for certification have done it at their 28 statewide locations, including right here, five of them in the Twin Cities area. The class, it's geared for everyone, beginners to advanced shooters. If you're new to handguns, this is perfect for you. Go to minnesotagunclass.com GL for more information and to watch this legal use of force video. Again, minnesotagunclass.com GL. Here's John Height. 
Thank you, Kenny. One sports note before we get to news. University of Minnesota head football coach P.J. Fleck has won another award. He's been named the AFCA Football Bowl Subdivision Region 3 Coach of the Year. According to a release, the AFCA recognizes five regional Coach of the Year winners each year. Fleck is also joined by Clemson's Dabo Sweeney in Region 1, LSU's Ed Orgeron in Region 2, Baylor's Matt Rule in Region 4, Utah's Kyle Whittingham Region 5. The regional winners are all finalists for the National Coach of the Year. In news, there is some breaking news. I know it's it's a podcast. Breaking news uh, doesn't do you a lot of it's good. It's always breaking podcast. for us, though, John. That's true. It's always breaking for us. And uh, this one comes from New Jersey. We'll obviously know more about this tomorrow when we record. But one police officer has been shot in the head amid an ongoing active shooter situation at a bodega in Jersey City, according to the preliminary investigation, according to senior law enforcement officials. The situation still being described as fluid information developing rapidly. One law enforcement source described the attack as an ambush, said at least one individual was holed up in the bodega with a long gun, heavily armed local, and state officers and SWAT trucks swarmed the scene. Uh, there's been video, uh, if you've seen it on Twitter, with yeah. uh, amazing numbers of SWAT members uh, trying to get in and out behind doorways and store entrances, some even crawling along sidewalks as they zero in on the bodega where the suspect believed to be barricaded. Gunshots, dozens of them, it appeared, continued to pop off throughout the afternoon based on audio from the scene. Uh, the streets in the area were totally empty of what would normally be heavy pedestrian and vehicular traffic. Federal ATF and FBI agents Newark confirmed, uh, confirmed they were responding to the scene to help out if needed. About a dozen schools in the vicinity locked down initially. Uh, by 2 p.m. Eastern time, the lockdown order extended to every public school in the entire city, according to the district superintendent. Uh, members of the Board of Education called to report shots fired in one area. All students, they say, are safe, and parents are being informed of the developing situation. So, uh Again, not a lot of info, but uh, breaking news from New Jersey this afternoon. Have you been to Jersey City, Such? Uh, if I have, it's by accident. It's a, it's a working man's town. Mm-hmm. Minnesota's on track to meet the project implementation deadlines for replacing the state's troubled driver and vehicle registration system known as Midlars. <laughs> that, according to the Office of the Legislative Auditor Tuesday morning, However, the auditor's report found some minor risks to finishing up the project on time and on budget. It said managers should address them soon. The most serious involved requirements added by the 2019 legislature for researching alternate ways of determining vehicle licensing fees. How can this be this complicated? <laughs> Honest to God. Wait, we're going to solve the climate, though. Oh, we're going to have We got a climate yeah. cabinet. Okay. Yeah. The review said another risk is moving and converting data from the old Minnesota licensing and registration system to the new vehicle title and registration system could prove challenging. Midlars, which was developed in-house, never fully recovered from its failed 2017 launch. That led the Walls administration and the legislature to approve replacing it with VTRS from Fast Enterprises, which other states use. The plan calls for a launch by the end of 2020 with full implementation of VTRS and a complete decommissioning of Midlars by fall of 2021. Cost to taxpayers from the failure of Midlars and replacing it will exceed $180 million. <laughs> wow. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. <laughs> wow. Duluth and is. They have the balls to tell it, to engineer our lifestyles, mm-hmm. to tell us how to live. Unbelievable. Duluth, the latest city to consider banning conversion therapy aimed at changing a person's sexual orientation. 
City Council Member Gary Anderson said at a meeting Monday night he introduced the measure because of a lack of action by the state legislature. A proposed statewide conversion therapy ban failed in the legislature earlier this year. Minneapolis recently became the first Minnesota city to ban conversion therapy, and Superior joined a number of Wisconsin cities, prohibiting the practice in August. Opponents to similar bans argue such ordinances violate freedom of religion or speech. A Duluth Council could vote on the ban next week. North Korea insulting U.S. President Donald Trump again on Monday, calling him a heedless and erratic old man after he tweeted that North Korean leader Kim Jong-un wouldn't want to abandon a special relationship between the two leaders and affect the American presidential election by resuming hostile acts. A senior North Korean official, former nuclear negotiator Kim Jong-jol, said in a statement his country wouldn't cave into U.S. pressure because it has nothing to lose. It accused the Trump administration of trying to buy time ahead of an end-of-year deadline set by Kim Jong-un for Washington to salvage nuclear talks. In a separate statement, former Foreign Minister Ri Su-yong said Trump's comments were a corroboration that he feels fear about what North Korea might do when Kim's deadline expires and warned Trump to think twice if he wants to avoid bigger catastrophic consequences. On Sunday, the president had tweeted, Kim Jong-un is too smart and has far too much to lose, everything actually, if he acts in a hostile way. He was referring to a vague statement issued by the two leaders during their first summit in Singapore in June last year that called for a nuclear-free Korean peninsula. Trump added that Kim does not want to avoid his special relationship with the president of the United States or interfere in the election. Kim Jong-jol said Trump's tweets clearly show he's an irritated old man bereft of patience. As Trump, he continued in his tweet, as Trump is such a heedless and erratic old man, the time when we cannot but call him a dotard again may come. What's oh, a dotard? What? That's a, they had called him that in an earlier tweet. Uh, Who they, knows? Yeah, North Korea's been tweeting that for several dotard. years. Dotard. About is, the, is that politically incorrect? I think it probably is. I think it probably is, yes. A rump. A rump. Uh, New Zealand, have you guys been watching this volcano yes. thing? Unbelievable. Yes, sad. Paramedic involved in the rescue operation uh, said it reminded him of the HBO Chernobyl miniseries when he ended up landing there trying to help out. The New Zealand police said late Tuesday a person who was being treated after the Monday eruption on White Island at the Middlemore Hospital has died. That brings the official death toll to six. Mm. Eight people who were reported missing are also presumed dead and bodies of the deceased are being transported to Auckland. One of the first responders involved with the initial rescue operations on the island about 30 miles offshore from mainland New Zealand said it was quite an experience. Russell Clark told TVNZ, it was like I have seen the Chernobyl miniseries and everything was just blanketed in ash. Quite an overwhelming feeling. New Zealand police said that there were 47 people on the island at the time of the eruption, including 24 people from Australia, nine Americans, Two from China, four from Germany, five from New Zealand, two from the United Kingdom, and one from Malaysia. A lot of them were passengers aboard a Royal Caribbean cruise ship, Ovation of the Seas. Did you see that haunting picture of the group that was right at the base ten minutes before the thing blew? They can't. They Ooh. didn't. They didn't find all those people, oh, and they, they were and right they there. Yeah, I looked won't. this island up on the Google. It's a little tiny thing. Yeah, right so, off the yeah. shore. Not to make light of six people losing their lives, but has anyone started screaming climate change about this yet? No, climate has nothing to do with volcanoes. Uh, the uh, whatever New Zealand's New Zealand's geological bureaucrats would be have said 
uh, that they're they're constantly warning people that they they can't be entirely sure that visiting there is safe. Mm. I guarantee you, the guy that thinks that island uh, is going to flip upside down in Hank the Hank Johnson. I guarantee you, that guy probably thinks that climate change caused this. <laughs> you know, I heard Hank. Uh, I think Hank was among the questioners during the impeachment hearings really? yesterday. Yeah, I didn't see him. Yeah, I kept waiting. I listened the whole time. Was this question a home hoping, run? Hoping he would say something really stupid, but he didn't. Uh, we don't anticipate that. Thank you. (laughs) Rent the Runway is hoping to make packing for your vacation a little less painful. The Clothing and Accessories Rental Service has teamed up with Marriott International's W Hotels brand to launch a -a one-of-a-kind rental experience at four locations in Aspen in Colorado, South Beach in Florida, Washington, D.C., and Hollywood in California. Starting Thursday, visitors to those hotels will have the option, upon arrival, to pay a $69 fee and pick four styles from the Rent the Runway's curated selection to wear during their stay. In other words, your clothing would be waiting for you in your room. It would take into account the climate and surrounding activities like skiing or hanging by the pool. I know a guy that could use that this weekend right here in downtown Minneapolis. Rent the Runway will ship the item to the hotel. They'll be delivered to your hotel room. At checkout, the clothes can just be left behind in the room. That way... You don't have to carry so much stuff around. Do you have to, to be CEO. chagrined in order to sign up for this? <laughs> what are the four cities? Uh, it was uh, Aspen, Aspen was one. Aspen, DC was South another. Beach in Florida. South Beach, uh, Washington DC, Washington, and Hollywood. All right, when you show California. up there with your molar jewelry, you're not going to rent anything. You'll be the belle of the ball when you yeah. walk into these fancy hotels. Think of all the people who've gotten up on Christmas morning over the 68-year history of Moeller Jewelers and found something for Moeller under the tree that's still in their family from generation to generation to generation because you're not buying a, a watch to tell time. You're buying a keepsake that'll be passed on to future generations. And great, great Christmas shopping coming up now beginning uh, Friday, December 13th through Sunday, December 15th. Uh, Moller's bringing in an expanded selection of colored gemstone jewelry. This means sapphires, rubies, emeralds, even some gemstones you likely haven't heard of. All things she'll love. All colored gemstone jewelry is 15 to 25% off during these days. And these are at the two stores, the one in Edina, 50th in France, and the flagship store, uh, Cleveland and uh Ford Parkway in St. Paul. Uh, Gavaday's also uh, got a great sale on through the end of the year. Gavaday, uh, RF Moeller in downtown Minneapolis. But these are, uh, it's the greatest time of the year to visit Moeller's because they take care of you. They bail men out of trouble. They bail women out of trouble, too. Women can buy jewelry for their guy. And great Christmas uh, gift wrapping. It's all fantastic. Find out the whole catalog at rfmoeller.com. In Medina, Ohio, Joe Looseleaf Binder material for you here. Jay Goodman says he and his wife assumed the loud noise that woke them up early Sunday morning was their cat knocking something over. Oh, cute. Couple went back to sleep, and when Jay's wife later got up to make some coffee, she discovered an intruder had staggered into their home through an unlocked door and passed out on the couch. Never done that. Well, it it gets even weirder. Uh, She said, "I, I walked up to my husband, said there's a strange guy sleeping on our couch. 
So the husband said he walked out to the living room, and sure enough, there's a guy I've never seen before completely passed out. He said I don't know he, how he got here, honey. He right. said he went and grabbed a baseball <laughs> oh, bat. Oh, oh, what are you saying, Chris? Uh-huh. He went and grabbed a baseball bat to protect his family and then called 911. Did he just start flogging them? Medina oh. police quickly responded and arrested 30-year-old Colin Phoebus on a charge of burglary. Uh, Phoebus talked with a local TV station, Fox 8. He said the last thing he remembered that night was drinking at a local bar. Uh, Phoebus had a broken nose and two black eyes, said he was beaten up by an unknown person, and then dropped off at the wrong house. He said, I'm upset about it because I don't know exactly what happened. He also on television apologized to the Goodman family. He said, I'm sympathetic for them. I apologize for it. It's not my demeanor at all. I'm a good citizen. And I want them to be aware I'm sorry for my actions. Uh, Goodman, for his part, the house owner said, I don't have any ill will toward the guy. I mean, thankfully nothing happened. I would just say, get help, man. You know, if you're waking up on a complete stranger's couch, you might need to go seek out some help. That's a tough one. It's all about tough alcohol. Tough one to explain. It's all about alcohol with you guys, isn't it? Here, he, just, here he goes again. I've done that in my here own house. Yeah. I just haven't here done it in somebody Black else's house. Blackout drunk every weekend. No, no, no. I don't get you, people. No. Not every weekend. No. Are you going to lecture us every week? I'm going to try. Okay. <laughs> well, here's another drunk story. Give it a shot. We don't even <laughs> live in the drunkest cities. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, one uh, of us went to school there. Yeah, uh, that's true. <laughs> yeah, I think you, yeah. you majored in it, didn't you? I pretty much something? did. <laughs> I went to college in Moorhead, which is really far gone. So. Yeah. From Connecticut, if you're going to drive drunk, please be aware of your surroundings. A Trumbull, Connecticut man was charged with driving under the influence of alcohol after he harassed another driver and then followed him to police headquarters. That a boy. According to reports, an officer was outside the police headquarters in an area that's off-limits to the public when a Nissan Rogue drove into the parking lot. The driver passed the sign indicating the restricted area, and when the officer approached, the driver said he was being followed. The complainant said a red pickup truck was following him and that the driver was acting in a hostile manner and tried to run him off the road. While he was speaking to the driver, the officer noticed the red pickup pulled into the parking lot. The pickup's driver had gotten out of the vehicle, removed his shirt, while approaching the police officer. Oh, he's ready. Why do you do that? He's ready. He's going to start throwing hands. Can you imagine what these cops must see? No, it's like Letter Kenny. Uh, The tarps come off, It's a Donnybrook. Yeah, Yeah. a Donnybrook. (laughs) Yeah. It's the old uh, cliche about the show Cops, remember? You'd always see the guy with no shirt on getting arrested. The officer ordered the pickup driver to stop, later reported smelling alcohol in the driver's breath. Look at that treasure trail. (laughs) (laughs) 25-year-old. Oh, my God. That opening scene of that show is oh, it's a work of art. What a wonderful show. The driver, 25-year-old Derek Gibo, was slurring words. He failed field tests right there at the police headquarters. Registers a .23 on the breath test. Legal limit there is .08. Charged with DUI and driving in a harassing or Im- uh, intimidating manner. I have heard of 911 uh, dispatch people directing uh, directing people that are being followed like yeah. that to go to pre- uh, precincts or uh, fire departments or, or places like that where people in charge and burly and able to throw a hand or two sure. can help them out. Yeah. Makes sense. Like you, Such. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In Brooklyn, parents at a Park Slope school... This is your last story. Okay, good enough. Well, I kind of <laughs> gave just, you the look there. I, I had my sure. finger on it, and I had a double we clip, and you started your next. Well, I, and I gave him the look thinking he was going to give me this well, or something. Oh, wait no. a minute. This is, it. is it good? 
Yeah, that's pretty good. It's, All right. All right. we'll, we'll it's one of those school <laughs> things. <laughs> In Brooklyn, parents at a Park Slope school were upset after their kids came home crying because the substitute teacher told them some unsettling news. The substitute told the kids Santa Claus and the Tooth Fairy are not real. We can't do that. Shouldn't yeah, do that. We shouldn't have done this. Shouldn't story. do that. It was supposed to be a lesson about convincing, whatever that means. What grade? Uh, the uh, third, uh, no, six third. years old, first grade. First it, was grade. A lesson, it was a lesson about what's the moral of this story. Yeah, yeah. Don't mess with Uncle right. Terry Don't when he's been drinking. <laughs> when he's drinking. <laughs> and the earth was uneven. <laughs> One mom told News 12, it's three weeks before Christmas. These kids don't need to hear this. They're six and seven years old. Uh, the uh, According to the principal, I guarantee you this substitute will never be in a class here again. We take this very seriously. Rump. Rump. Sounds Rump. like something I'd do, doesn't Rump. it? Yeah. yeah. Well, when you're the sub, what do you got to lose? <laughs> hey, oh, don't forget a quick s- scary story? Please. Yep. Sure. Scary, foghorn me. Yep. So the middle kid I used to have gets a call yesterday from, from her kid's school mm-hmm. and says, is so-and-so in school today? And my daughter went, oh, my God, what do you mean? Yes. They couldn't find her. Oh. Uh, and it turns out it was a substitute teacher who didn't recognize her. And oh, so doing attendance. D- doing attendance. Sure. And so it didn't get marked down. So the principal calls home and said, did, did your kid come to school today? Well, the kid my, the, the kid I used to have almost died. Oh, bad. Yeah, oh, right. my God. That she happened, take that well, like a oh, sushere That happened to us sushi. once. It was last year, and he had a substitute, yep. and she gave me the riot act. Were you guys late to school again? I, no, I brought him on time, but the sub didn't mark the attendance Ooh. down, so that I got yelled at. Yeah. These are uh, great stories, guys. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad we scary stories. I'm glad Kenny. we killed the music so we yeah, could hear any scary stories. You know, I thought it was that's, you electric or more spooky. I thought it was harrowing. Hey, did you get your GL garb yet? Oh, yes. You better go to garb. GarageLogic.com, click on the Just Launched button, and you'll find the Garage Logic store. It's December 10th. Uh, I would order quickly prior to Christmas Eve. Get your orders in now at garagelogic.com. And the Alexa. Oh, yes. If you use your Garage Logic, or if you find Garage Logic on your Alexa device, you get to play your own foghorn. All Woo-hoo. sorts of cool sound bites are available there, too. All right, you can find all sorts of other toys at garagelogic.com as well. So check it all out. Catch up on all your podcasts, as well as Monday Night Sports Talk at garagelogic.com.